Friday, November 10, Ellen White has written, Many are deceived concerning the condition of their hearts. They do not realize that the natural heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. They wrap themselves about with their own righteousness and are satisfied in reaching their own human standard of character. From Selected Messages, Book 1, page 320. There is great need that Christ should be preached as the only hope in salvation. When the doctrine of justification by faith was presented, it came to many as water comes to the thirsty traveler. The thought that the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us, not because of any merit on our part, but as a free gift from God, seemed a precious thought. From Selected Messages, Book 1, page 360. And this comes from Martin Luther's commentary on Romans, pages 96 and 97. Who is the figure of him that was to come? How is Adam a figure of Christ? As Adam became a cause of death to his descendants, though they did not eat of the forbidden tree, so Christ has become a dispenser of righteousness to those who are of him, though they have not earned any righteousness. For through the cross he has secured righteousness for all men. The figure of Adam's transgression is in us, for we die just as though we had sinned as he did. The figure of Christ is in us, for we live just as though we had fulfilled all righteousness as he did. Questions for discussion. Number one, how do we understand the following quote from Ellen White? There is need of a much closer study of the Word of God, especially should Daniel and the Revelation have attention as never before in the history of our work. We may have less to say in some lines in regard to the Roman power and the papacy, but we should call attention to what the prophets and apostles have written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. From the book Evangelism, page 577. Number two, think about the reality of death, of what it does not only to life, but to the meaning of life. Many writers and philosophers have lamented the ultimate meaninglessness of life because it ends in eternal death. How do we as Christians respond to them? Why is the hope we have in Jesus the only answer to that meaninglessness? And number three, just as Adam's fall imposed a fallen nature on all of us, Jesus' victory offers the promise of eternal life to all of us who accept it by faith no exceptions. With such a wonderful provision right there for us, what holds people back from reaching out and eagerly claiming it for themselves? How can each of us help those who are seeking to better understand that which Christ offers and that which he has done for them?